0: Gentlemen, welcome to Word Hoard, the podcast where we take a word or a phrase and trace its meaning and origins throughout history. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Grabowski, alongside the illustrious, the fantastic, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Kyle Jones. Uh, Sir, how is your day going so far?
1: Great, buddy. Doing fine. Just got up. Well, it was kind of hard in getting up, but I'll tell you, I, I'm very, very thankful that we're here on this morning and uh, that we can talk truth. Uh, go back to languages <clears throat> that support the truth. I do believe mm-hmm. and uh, and speak uh, with with meaning versus going through a day of, of non-meaning and just uh, to de- my that my is, that yeah. is the
0: truth yeah I love that
1: mm-hmm well, that's about it buddy
0: <clears throat> it's so often so often uh, I start the day and I am running right to work. Or I am immediately mm-hmm. sitting on the computer these days. You know, yep. we're, we're we're all in isolation while we're here, so yeah, uh, sitting down and getting ready to work and just uh, not taking time to look for any meaning or look for any fullness. And uh, we were talking right before air about how important it is to have that. That fullness of meaning yes. in our lives, right? just to get a good start on the day. So, Absolutely. if you're tuning in and you're tuning in just as this podcast debuts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m., if you're uh, you're driving somewhere or you are sitting with your coffee, thank you for joining us. Uh, please have uh, you know you have your notebook open if you want, um, just so we can trace uh, trace our word today. Kyle, uh, before we hit there we were talking about uh, getting into the Nakash a bit more. For those listeners of ours who may be joining us, this is their first podcast uh, with us. Would you mind just giving us? Well, I know a lot of us, uh, us veterans, <coughs> understand a little bit more about Nakash than the average baby <coughs> at right. this point because we've heard about it. But for for the for the new for the newbie, uh, why don't you give it just a brief summary of what kind of we're we're talking about so that we can aim ourselves a, a little bit uh, a little bit deeper into where we need to be?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So. The first mention of the word witch, persuader, um, deceiver, um, that kind of a, a color, if you will, uh, to, 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 a, to the meaning of a witch uh, came from the word nakash. <clears throat> now, we we find it in Genesis 3, that thing that was more subtle than any other in the field. Now, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean the fields in terms of animals, uh, but just in the field outside of the garden, uh, which would have been the heath. Uh, later on, we'll we'll discuss how that this uh, uh, can be applied to the the story of Macbeth, and in the genius uh, of Macbeth, I do believe that Shakespeare understood the meaning of this nakash coming from the heath, or the, hence the word heathen, uh, into the economy or to the the land uh, of the of, of Eden. <clears throat> so. This nakash, this persuader, this deceiver, um, it, we do find the roots of that word nag uh, in the Sanskrit, meaning the cobra, the great snake, the one who goes zigzag. Um, mm. We also uh, find in earlier text in, in the Hebrew, nakash, of course, but in the Egyptian, nakasi, which does mean to be dark, black, which means to be uh, hard to see. Uh, the Arabic the same, but we we believe that the the origin of this word goes back to that early Egyptian, <clears throat> that uh, later Sumerian possibly, but Sumerian none the same. It's an onomatopoeia. It It's nakas. It means to whisper, that which has that that hissing sound. Nakas. So yeah, we we it believe
0: that very whisper whispering. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Yes, and and so we we. We get the word, and so the, if you wanna to get to, to the color of it, it means the one who casts the spell, one who, who, who sets the spiel on someone, uh, one who uh, persuades and, and divides, one who parses up, uh, hence the word parquet from the uh, morai, the parquet of the uh, the goddesses uh, of, of the Greeks and the Latins, uh, the Romans. So, um, you know, and, and, it, and again, last few weeks we were discussing that there we believe is a formula um, this this gen or this uh, this genius the joining uh, and then we have the nakash or the nag and then we have the result of all of that uh, from the fall of the god or from the fall of the eden account with the relationship to the god to wit or vitya um, from which we get all kinds of words I won't discuss uh, and at length here but which would be one of them now,
0: And if you guys want to hear all kind of about Nog and uh, all those different words, we have talked about them. Just so you know, Kyle's not brushing over them. Go back and listen to the last couple of podcasts because we have mm-hmm. been dealing with that in depth and it's been glorious. I'm sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. No, well, thank you, th-
1: you for that. No, that's, <laughs> absolutely. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> you know, it was funny and I, I just not to take it too, too long, but I was talking to my 11-year-old daughter who, uh, you know, she was not arguing with me. She was just thinking it out. Um, and maybe she was arguing with me actually, <laughs> but she was saying, no, a witch has a big nose and, uh, I don't think they're real uh, they've got a ward on them and they fly and brews. So they're not real, you know, and I'm going, that's you know, the perception of a, of a witch, uh, to be like that, um, is, <clears throat> you know, that's another phenomenon that, that, that really began in the, the middle ages <clears throat> to, to demonize somebody, uh, or, you know, and if you had that kind of a Uh, uh, you know, how do I say it? If you had that kind of a a complexion or um, you you looked a certain way odd, um, you could be demonized or or brought out. And I I won't go too much further with that one, but the idea of the the platonic view of cosmetics, the cosmos, if your face and your body and your actions don't fit into the cosmos of the society, you're considered to be the Iglac in the in the Anglo-Saxon, or the one who is the ugly one, the one who was kicked out, the one who, who's a misfit, uh, such as Grendel. He was the ugly one, the one who could not fit uh, into the cosmos, into the cosmetics of the society. Um, so that's another yeah, type of... I'm always of,
0: reminded of the from Monty Python, where they're like, well, we did do the nose. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's the same same <laughs> principle. It's like we want to say, look at those things that are ugly and... Deem them as horrible or evil.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. So, of course, we, 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 and I I love that. I was, I'm, and now I'm thinking about that. You, you got me, you scoundrel. Sorry, <laughs> I love that
0: movie. It's so such a classic. If you never seen Mike, my Brother and Holy <laughs> grand ladies and gentlemen, that's definitely you need to go. That.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm trying to hold on for my dear life to to do this. Uh, my gosh. So uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm
0: just playing with you.
1: But uh, uh, just to say that uh, uh, you know, if we go back to Lucifer, the name Lucifer, uh, Lux Ferris to bring the light. Uh, we do believe that he was one of the most beautiful angels, and we do believe that the title itself um, became a false uh, title for Lucifer because Lucifer is not the light bearer; Jesus is. And we discussed the true Lucifer, just as in the true Saruman, If you are a Tolkien fan, it means mm-hmm. the true, the true leader of man. Um, yeah the true czar of man mankind uh, would have been would have been gandalf the white in this case with a christ figure right so uh, mm. like likewise lucifer so he would have he was a beautiful angel and we see that uh, him addressed in ezekiel i believe it's i want to say it's 28 uh, where god is talking to that I, I adorned you i made you the most you're the most beautiful angel there was uh, and in the day that i fashioned you i gave you the power of, of the of the tabrets and the pipes and etcetera so he was a very beautifully uh, or de- uh, or, uh, adorned uh, angel, a beautiful angel. So he was not ugly in any way um, in terms of the kingdom of heaven. Now, again, uh, but he became ugly uh, whenever his actions were shown and he was, uh, he was ousted. So uh, that, that's that. I'm trying to, to give you that kind of an overview. Uh, Nog, the, the zigzagger who comes into a place of genius... Uh, causes those people who were in the connection or the genius of the garden of Eden uh, to zigzag and this nog zigzagged himself and the, uh, and the people, the protagonist in the garden of Eden out zigzag. So
0: look at it like that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> thank you for the, for the summary. That was, that was succinct and beautiful. And I think everybody's caught up to speed. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, thank you very much.
1: So, so today, <laughs> what I'm going to try to do uh, is, is maybe kill two birds with one stone here uh, in terms of the, of the doctrines of sovereignty, the doctrine of fatalism, and possibly the doctrines of free will as we understand free will linguistically to mean uh, not, oh. as, not as rogue agency, but as uh, um, uh, the freedom from... It's a prepositional term, one thing, but bound to another, and the word will, of course, balain to cast to. Uh, you could say volley. We say volition, but it's not rogue agency. It's it's bound. Uh, it's bound agency. It's it's you're you're bound to one name, one authority, and from there do you cast your identity? And so, to say free will. In its true, truest cocktail meaning would mean that you're free from one thing and bound to another to be identified. <clears throat> so as Christians, we are either bound to the Christ uh, to cast his spiel, his word, his logos, his God spiel, that's where you get the word from, uh, his good spiel, um, or you are bound to the flesh to cast the spell <clears throat> of the flesh. And what that and what the allotments of the flesh have to give, so you're either bound to one or the other. There's no, <clears throat> there's no living in a, in a space of having both, and uh, that is that is a judgment in the sense of you're either either here or there. You're 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 casting from one side or from the other, you know. And the Satan, the Satan would have you think you can do both. Uh, to bifurcate between the two, you can still have your cake and and eat it too, and you can you can bifurcate, have the name of God, pronounce the name of God, but serve your flesh. Now that is what what I call the field of reactionism or uh, the the devil's playground, and um, <clears throat> that's what this persuader uh, was doing. He was causing, uh, if you will, Adam and Eve um, to to bifurcate between good and evil, hence the curse of judgment of themselves, the judgment of others. That was the ability as God to see as God, that the one could hold judgment. And as we look at the word wit, it does mean to impute blame, uh, but you also impute blame upon amongst yourselves, on yourself and others. So again, these words are laden with genius. And so to even take one word, we could go for years. I, I literally could go for years. I, I looked in the Gothic dictionary, as, as I mentioned last week, <coughs> I looked at the word wit, and it means, it, it's the, the nominative form, that just the, the basic noun meaning, if you will, of the word wit, it means to be two people in one. It means to talk beside yourself, to step outside of yourself, but be stuck to yourself. Now isn't that amazing? That's the condition of what Adam and Eve had. They could see both sides, left and right, at the same time.
0: Hmm. Now we're looking at it. Are are we implying that's a bad thing? Uh, It it seems like that's a bad thing.
1: Yes, because there's no one vision. There's no uh, there's no genius anymore. It's the it's it's the ability. Well, should I say the disability uh, to 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 judge to bifurcate. Uh, from, from two sides of the mouth, from two sides of the brain, with, with never justification of saying the truth and, and actually dying for it if necessary, but to walk around, to talk around, halakha, hence the word, hence the word for Satan, mishut, it just means, it literally shoot, but it means to walk around. The parapet of, or the in the Greek, the walking around, which next word you ready for this one. Um, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to derivate, derivate from you. Uh, it is a bad thing because when you look up the word wit on any level past what we have in the contemporary meaning of, oh, he's 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 of the jocund, he's jocular, uh, he's mm. or she is uh, of the popular crowd, they have wit, they are a witty person. Um, the older, the, 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 the origin of this word means to be able to be a witch. The word witch does come from that. Vitya, Baital, the Sanskrit, that was the vampire, uh, at, over 2000 years ago. It meant that in, but uh, Vikram and the vampire, that was an old story of the prince that would be king only after the Baital or the Viti one or the wit- witty one had challenged him. Uh, and, uh, what, did
0: not realize
1: that. yeah. So <clears throat> we, we have a lot to be said about that, uh, about the word wit. Um, so in, in each time, in each case, we look up the word wit. It means it has something sinister to it. It has something to do with a, a, your own autonomy from you. You go forth from you. You make the judgment call from you versus the genius connecting nature of speaking from God and going forth in that genius. It's just like doing mm. a cal- calculus equation, all of a sudden you say I think. I think that it should go like this. No, you don't think anything. You've got to be in yeah, the genius. equation.
0: What's yeah. the truth?
1: Yeah. yeah, what's the truth? And what, and what is the word truth? Root, stem, and branches. <laughs> what does it come from? You know, What's the, the maxim? The, the How do you form the postulates? Et cetera. So... Okay, well, so we got that. Um, that makes sense. So, so I, I want to to cover the the story quickly of, of Job, as quickly as I can, of this man who was coming to be, Ishaya in the Hebrew. And it meant, you know, once upon a time there was a guy, okay? <clears throat> and it did not mean a fairy tale, but it meant, here's a great story. Let's convey this. Now... With that said, it still doesn't put it into a myth or a fantasy. It says there was a time that was a man. Now, right here, let me stop. This story, the book of Iob, the Katub, mean Iob, was an old story that you find in Sumeria, Akkadia. Uh, uh, we find Ugaritic writings of this same story, Babylonian writings of the story. So we know. This is a very old old tale, and we do know in the in, in terms of the Bible, it is the oldest text in the Bible. Uh, it, it probably two thousand BC when it, was, when it was put together, or and in, in, in a sur, sort of a pure form. But in each case, Sumerian, the Sumerian account, Babylonian, Ugaritic account of this man of suffering, it's the same consistent tale. You ready for this? Let's hear it. That good and evil. Come from God. And when we can understand that, we have gone back to the to the meaning of who God is versus our meaning of God, and we can accept that and go forward. Now, the problem is the word evil in the English has nothing to do with the Hebrew word evil. The Hebrew word really? evil... The Hebrew word evil was the word ra'ah, which meant calamity, destruction. It can be something that God would put you in an accident and take your leg off. Or,
0: uh, <clears throat> So evil is not necessarily, because God, I know there's many people that would say like God is not evil. But mm-hmm. you're saying that calamity, like something calamitous that befouls us, that yeah. that, may, that might be coming from God? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, and, and, that, and that's what we have in Isaiah 45 verses 7 and, th- and following uh, that I, the Lord, create both good and evil for my own good pleasure. And then for the next mm. three chapters, he explains <clears throat> exactly what he means. Um, we don't even, he he's not explaining himself. He's telling you, you know, what he does. And so at the end of those three chapters, you realize God is telling us that there's nothing that you have said or done uh, prior to him doing it. And so um, this, quote, calamity, um, uh, this destruction is a necessary destruction, a necessary calamity, and again, another Tolkienism, a you catastrophe, a well-destruction, a well-placed destruction full of intent, full of meaning, full of sovereignty. And then so you flip it to the other side, lest you should say that it's random or that you could have stopped this, quote, calamity had you done X, Y, and Z. Now, where's the rest in that? Hmm. So that that's it. There's no rest. There's no, there's no resting in God's sovereignty if you were the one that could have stopped or you're the one who could have halted that if only you would have done so. You know, and that's the point. If you, it, by you not having done something under God's sovereign rules, that was also a sovereign act by God because everything leads to the next thing. So there is rest in God's sovereignty, the doctrines of sovereignty, and there is no rest in autonomy, autodea, you are your own God, uh, you can see as God and you can act and think as God. There is no rest. And hence, the Satan in the garden was offering to Adam and Eve, though beguile, in a beguiling way, you will have no rest because your mind is going to be going ping pong, ping pong for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. And that's the right. doctrine of free will. That's the doctrine of rogue agency free will versus the doctrine of what we know free will, free and will to actually be. So I, I want to quickly, I'm gonna, I am going to—I might have to paraphrase some of this uh, in the book of Job real quickly. I'm going to say it as fast no, as I can in the English. Take
0: us, take us through Job. That sounds like a plan.
1: Okay. So chapter one says, there was a man in the land of Uz. Job was his name and that man was blameless and upright one who feared God and shunned evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His property was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 asses, and many servants, so that he was the wealthiest of all the Easterners. Uh, his, sons, uh, his sons used to, to hold feasts uh, each in his house uh, on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the feasts were over, Job would send and have them purified, uh, he would get busy in the morning and offer sacrifices for each of them, for he said, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their mind. Now, what do you think? And most scholars would agree with this, and I, I'm just going to say what most scholars say on this one. I, I would have a speculation. I believe that this is a case of incest. I think there was a lot of uh, – I think that was, that was the implication here.
0: Huh. I think I that was the implication. I don't, I don't know if I – 'Cause, cause he, he was blameless before God, right? He feared God and his children. No,
1: no, no. Not not him, his children. Oh, because of the sons and daughters situation? Maybe. No, Maybe. because he was he was offering a sacrifice for them because they had sinned and he was to purify them for their actions. They got together, the sons and daughters got together and they drank. Uh, so they, they were pure so that Job was offering a purification for them. <clears throat> i I'm, what I'm saying is that most scholars believe that they the children of Job got together huh. and probably had sexual intercourse with one another in uh, a time when you didn't have to do that. In um, a time that procreation was uh, could be found in distant relatives or distant genetics. So anyway, just to say that there—that is the implication. Uh, most scholars would say that. I've read a lot of commentary, and that's implied almost, you know, almost every time. Uh, So anyway, let me go forward here. So perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their mind. This Job did regularly. So this isn't the only time this has happened. They were getting together a lot, these kids, uh, Job's children, and getting together and partying and hanging out all night and doing whatever. This Job did re- regularly, okay, so the day arrived uh, when the gods came, came and presented themselves before Yahweh, <clears throat> and Satan also came with them. Yahweh said to the Satan, where did you come from? The Satan answered Yahweh from roaming the earth and strolling about it. Now, two things right here. This is a horrible translation in the English. It, the word b- b- ben Elohim means the sons of God, okay? Now, I'm going to just say it like that for, for, for the moment, <clears throat> I, I don't like how it, it's it's said because when you look in the Hebrew text, it does not say the gods. Okay? It would have been Elia, it would have been Elohim, whatever, but it just simply says ben, you know, min Elohim. It just means of the God, of God. Um and so in this in this gang, in this coterie of sons of God, did one come out and 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 then God had addressed this one, uh, if you will, son of God and said, where did you come from? And then his name was called the Shut, The Satan answered Yahweh from roaming the earth. Okay. Now the word mikoth halak means just to go up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Now let's get into something here for one minute. Now we're talking to a Satan. We're talking about a Satan. I want to get to two things real quickly. I looked in the, in the Sanskrit about these courses of high priest, possibly gods, in the Rig Veda, okay? Okay. Because uh, I was doing a big study on what could have been the case for these earlier, <clears throat> again, coteries of gods, if that be the case, or what men, women, called the gods— a, around about 2000 B.C. So I'm looking at, uh, um, oh gosh, what's his name? G- Gandahar Tilak's work, the Rig Vida is found in the Arctic. But Tilak refers to a group of holy individuals. And from the, the Rig Veda they looked at them as being uh, the, 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 the coal burners for the temple sacrifice for God, possibly the serpents, the type of Nakash for the God. Um, but they were called the Angira. Okay? It's okay. where we get our it's where we get our word. That's the Sanskrit. It's where we get our word angel from. Angira. Angel. It's the same word. Huh. So it, it has a mother fix in the Proto-Indo-European. So there was something to do with these, I believe, these courses of men, priests, or higher beings. And it could have been right here that we're looking at maybe a uh, Nephilim or, or angels, fallen angels. I don't know, but I do know one thing. There's a cloudy mist of meaning that we find not only in the Bible, but a far removed text such as the Rig Vida, referring to the same type of beings called... The uh, the Angira. Now, with that said, I'm gonna I'm gonna just we'll, we'll address this later. But I find that that to be a very interesting link linguistically. Um, so, th- this Satan that walked to and fro, halak mikuth halak means up and down. Halak just means the walk, right? Well, right. <clears throat> the nature of Satan, halak. Always the word halak kind of comes with it, going to and fro. We find the origin of Satan himself, shut, in the ancient Persian text that goes back further than that, but it was developed, or should I say, very well used, as the FBI or the CIA officers who lived around in a circle, basically, the king's uh, palace. Now, in the Farsi, the Persian, the Al-Shut, which we get the word Satan, right. they were the they were the rovers. They did a peripatetic walk. They did a halak, if you will, in the Hebrew, where they roved. They didn't have the full intent to go to one person individually. <clears throat> they were a they were a rave a, a rover. They were, as you would say, the raven. They were the, uh, the ones that orob that in the Hebrew, they roved like the raven. Uh, they went to and fro in the society. Now here's where it gets really cool. The nature of Satan is found in this word, shoot from the, the Persian. They would rove around highly intelligent men and they would question the common villager to see what their ultimately what their intent was, uh, and their dedication to the king. Oh wow! And so, if they could find through small talk uh, dissent within the village, then that person would be taken in before uh, a tribunal and either so executed kinda like, kinda or
0: like the Gestapo of the uh, the ancient Near East. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs>
1: and, and that's something, though. But that's where we get the word "shut" or Satan from. It means the, the raven. It means the rover. <clears throat> and and of course, you can look at Odin's uh, the ra- the ravens of Odin, the witch's eye. It was the ravens that flew for the god, um, and they went to and fro searching. They were the eyes of the god, the eyes of the witch. And if you go into like old myth, so <clears throat> there is something to be said about the the uh, the devolvement, if you will, from the origin of it, because I do believe that this, the Satan in the book of Job was an ordained branch or extension of God to, to put or to sift Job to ultimately make him a better person. We look at the Satan as being initially some individual rogue agent, but in the end of the story... At the end of the narration of the book of Job, we find out that Job said, God, you did all this to me, and, and God did not argue. He said, you said well, Job, and you don't ever see the 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 Satan past chapter two in the book of Job. So let, let's go forward a second here. So he had all of this, you know, his family, he offered sacrifice uh, for the sins of his children because they were acting like, you know, they were acting crazy, Um and then so the, the, the Satan, okay, so God asked Satan, where'd you come from? And and Satan says, from roaming the earth and strolling about it. And Yahweh said to the Satan, hey, have you marked my servant Job? And so there's a dialogue saying, hey, have you have you checked out my, my servant? So for the dialogue's sake, for this ancient story's sake, God is actually the one who starts it up.
0: Right, I remember that. He's yeah, kind of says, he's... Yeah. That Mark my servant, Job. He's the first one that talks.
1: Yeah, and so the, the nature of Satan is to do what? It's to sift, to to test, to try. It's the extension of God. It, it in God's sovereign plan. Now, here's another thing too. <clears throat> here's another, and we'll discuss this. We have different f- forms of God in the story of Job. And I like to, to discuss that later. We have Shaddai, we have Eloah, we have Elohim, and we have Yahweh. Hmm. So which aspect of God? Because we know until until the ascension of, uh, should I say, until the, that, 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 that there was the, uh, the parousia, if you will, where, where God showed to, to Christ's disciples who this is, Jesus said that no man has heard or seen the Father... At any time, save the sun. <clears throat> so, right. whoever is ta- is talking here is either the Holy Spirit or it's Christ in his pre-incarnate form. If you're if you believe in the Trinity, and so what I find very interesting is that we do find that Shaddai is used in this story, but it would have been the wild spirit of God, and we have the idea. Of well, we do know that the Jews looked at Shaddai. El Shaddai as being the God of the wilderness, the thing that wandered through the right. wilderness. It's not the temple f- format God. It's not the formal addressment of the God. That would have been that uh, would have been Yahweh or Elohim, really. Uh, but the Eloah would have been the Father. <clears throat> and so again, I want to get into this later, but we'll we'll discuss. the the particular natures of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within this dialogue. But uh, let let me, I'm going to keep on here. So, um, yeah, so the the Satan answered Yahweh, does does Job fear God for not, have you not hedged him around and him and his household and yet everything he has, uh, his efforts, you have blessed and his property has increased in the land. Just reach out and strike what he has and he will curse you to your face. So, this is the nature of Satan. There is an aspect made of God, a destructive force that does what it does. It, des- it can destroy, it can sift, <clears throat> but it's all under the hand of God. It's just like a, the, like a blade, like a sword. It can cut, but how far do you wanna cut it? How, do you, how far do you wanna cut that thing? That's what Satan is. He has a nature, but cannot act outside of the boundary or the shem of God. So let's go on here. Verse 12. Yahweh said to Satan, here, all he has is in your hand. There's certain translations that say your power, but it's the word yadak. And it literally means your ability, your manipulation. It did not say your power, your edia, or your... Uh, your uh, exousia in the Greek, if you want to get down to the the Greek Septuagint. <clears throat> it just meant your <clears throat> your expression, your manipulation, etc. So it did it it did not say power. And there's some that's another bad English translation. But do not lay do not lay your hands on him. Now it's again an English translation. Do not kill him.
0: Yeah, we seem to encounter then, a lot of these English translations are part of the reason why I sometimes we misinterpret things.
1: Absolutely, like to go back and to the, the original. Yeah, and and I just encourage everybody. You don't have to to know Hebrew or Greek to to read this. Just get a Strong's concordance, or go to Bible Hub, uh, where you can look up every Strong's word, or every word, excuse me, every word through the Strong's or Vines or whatever, and you'll find the meaning of the word, and they'll break it down like the, the parts of speech. What what is it? Is aorist, perfect you know, nominative, singular, dual, duat, whatever. You'll see that in the Bible hub. Uh, So just go to that. You don't even need to purchase the Strong's, but you'll be able to look at every individual word for what it means. Okay, I'm gonna try to, um, this is a lot, so let me me keep on. Then the Satan went out from Yahweh's presence. Okay, there came a day when Job's sons and daughters were were eating and drinking uh, wine in the oldest brother's house. A messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the asses grazing beside them, uh, and when the Sabians attacked and took them, the boys they put to the sword, and I alone am here to tell you, <clears throat> escape to tell you. <clears throat> and then so you go, to, go through a series of messengers that come to Job and say, literally everything is being destroyed. Your, your, your cattle, your, your animals have, have, have fell you know, to, to, to the death from a disease. Uh, people had stolen, killed. Everything came in. All of a sudden at once and destroyed your family. Now, in in the story's sake, for, for the narration, how is this possible? Uh, how did all this happen? Well, did, did Satan have the ability to do this or was this under God's sovereignty? You're going to find that out uh, again later in the book. I already said it anyway. It was God who did it. And we see that. We see the great setup that Satan ultimately is nothing more than just a, a character to make sense to us. In this timeline. But when you get to the end of this, the book of Job, Satan's not even mentioned. And so that's the, that's the key point. The effect, the final, the final mark is that, that God did it all. Okay, um, so, so, so it's here in verse 20, it says, Then Job rose and tore his, tore his robe and shaved his head. He fell on the ground. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. Yahweh gave, <clears throat> Yahweh took away. Blessed be Yahweh's name. In all this, Job did not sin, nor ascribe blame to God. So I'm going to even say right here, even as early as it is in chapter 1, Job says that Yahweh took away. You see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah.
1: Not even Satan. It wasn't Satan. And the Bible says in all of this, this, Job did not sin. So that means there was no error nor sin in this. And and, and it ha- if it had been, then that means that Job would have called God Satan, like what we do today. Whenever you know God is evil to have done this, well, I, don't, I can't believe in God who would who would cause this or this in my life. That's what we believe today because we believe in the doctrine of allotments. We believe in the very the Asherah, the doctrine of allotments um, that uh, that uh, Israel. Be, uh, became in sync with or, or syncretically worshipped. Now we go to uh, to the uh, chapter two. Let me see it. Uh, yeah, here we go. So chapter two. The day arrived when the gods. Uh, and then I'll say again, the Ben Elohim <clears throat> came to present themselves before God, and thus Satan also came with them to present himself before Yahweh, and say, said Yahweh to the Satan, Where did you come from? The Satan answered Yahweh from roaming the earth, that's halak again, uh, and strolling about it. Again, that's the t- that's the, the, the meaning of the shut, or the Satan, same word. Yahweh said to the Satan, have you marked my servant Job? There is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. He still holds fast to his integrity, uh, though you incited me after him to destroy him without cause. Now keep in mind, what God... What part? What aspect of the Trinity? It's not a contradiction. And the, whoever wrote this book, the redactor is not a fool. They couldn't have forgot the first chapter. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah, something There's sense. a pattern. There's no, there's a pattern going on. And and thirdly, or sec- whatever y- you th- who who was reading this text in this day That's that it was redacted did thing. not find. Did not find it strange. Well, they did and, not uh, and find it strange. Speaks
0: to our culture's way of looking at this. Is uh, yes, we believe that oh, the bad stuff happens, so the devil must be responsible, or you know, God didn't want this to happen to me. <laughs> and, uh, yes. and I believe God is a good God. I do believe that God has, uh, you know, He is He is the, the pure and holy God. But it's the prosperity gospel, Kyle, is what it is to say that like. Oh, yes. if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to have peace and joy and love and fulfillment, blah, blah, blah. And, like, that's yeah. not at all what the Bible promises. In fact, the exact yes. opposite is true. The Bible says, like, oh, like, if you accept God, it's going to be hard. And, like, you're going to take up your cross. And, like, 11 out of the 12 disciples were killed for what they believed. And this yep. is the this is the way of things, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, and we just don't want to acknowledge that sometimes. I don't know what it is. Do you think we're afraid, or do you think we just we've just been told that like we have to like I guess maybe our it's our understanding of love, and that we don't understand what love is. We think yeah. love is a, is affection or positive affirmation or whatever the heck. Versus like sometimes mm-hmm. love can be challenging, and sometimes love can be God loving Job like this to test him like this. But that, that again, yeah. you know, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think?
1: No. What? Well, uh, th- the word love, agape, was uh, was a pagan's term to devour someone in total cannibalism. So, uh,
0: be- <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I
1: I don't know if you knew that or not. Because I didn't. Most I people love, I,
0: I just love that. That's that's. I love this podcast for that reason because that's the truth. But like, <laughs> that just is so yeah. antith- antithetical to like our understanding. Is like, oh yeah, you devour someone total cannibalistically. Like, that's not a. Mm-hmm. That's not our definition of love typically.
1: <laughs> it does say. mean that, and it. I love and it. So it means to to. It means to fully devour, and if we are the banquet for the God mm. and uh, which is a very, was very archetypical to the pagan world, keep in mind, God pulled us out of the pagan world, and all the archetypes and all of the, the yeah. shadows in the pagan world be, were set by God to develop into the fullness of meaning, of grace.
0: Yep. so right, right from Abraham cr- on, where he's in Ur, he's in Samaria, where they're like killing people and storing them in the tombs of the the, the princesses, you know, and uh, God mm-hmm. pulls him out of there, right out of that pagan world. I I would love yeah. to continue this, Kyle. Uh, we're, we should make this a two parter because this is so okay. this is yes. so good, and I know that our okay. audience wants the full the fullness of the fullness of meaning. So if you want to yes. hear what happens to Job, ladies and gentlemen, either you can go back and read one of the best. <laughs> Uh, one of the best Bible books of all time, or you can do that while also yes. listening to this podcast. I would recommend definitely always reading the reading the Bible yourself as before you do anything. Um, Absolutely. Don't go trust what people say, as, as you know, as the Bible says, don't put your trust in us, princes yep. or mortal men, even though we we feel very princely occasionally. Um, you know, yes. we are we are but just instruments that God is using. So, um, but if you Amen. want to listen to a, this second part of this, we encourage you to tune in next Tuesday because it's going to get really, really good from here. And, uh, yeah, I cannot wait. So Kyle, thank, thank you so you, much sir. for, uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for being on. And, and yeah, thank you as always for bringing, uh, to light some things that we might not have understood or under without the, un, the linguistical understanding that you bring. I I, I think it would be, you know, this podcast would be a far cry from what it is. So thank you so much. Thank that. you.
1: It means a lot, Job. No, <laughs> Just joking, Joe. Right. I love it. No, I mean, we all are Joe. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, no, we'll no, follow we, and
0: subscribe to our podcast. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And, and we will talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to one. Oh, Josh. Bye.
1: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, man.